On this episode of Puros Miners, bro, we talk about UTEP losing again, this time to UTSA. Plus, we talk basketball. It's here. Thank God. Puros Miners, bro. And welcome to Puros Miners, bro. Mondo the Boss from Dina, along with Alex. Nicolas, the vindicated Alex Nicolas. That somebody else is going to get that joke. Not the regular person listening right now, but still, he's got a big smile on his face right now. Does Alex Nicolas? What's up, baby? How you feel? I feel very sore, very hungover from a long weekend, and not out. Well, maybe alcohol long. So from what? For from what, man? What you doing, man? Well, we went out to the enchilada tournament. We uh, we showed up, you, man. You, 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 you had some enchiladas. The whole no place south. I, no, I didn't have. I had burgers, hot dogs. Man, hold up, hold up, dog. There, hold up. You went to a baseball tournament, softball. Excuse, is baseball yeah. or softball? Softball. Softball tournament called now. the enchilada tournament. The whole enchilada. That's where over two hundred teams convene every year. We, uh, there was 104 teams in our division. We took 49th. I'll take wow. that. Wow. I believe some of our friends, the Carrillo brothers, were part yeah, of that, too. We, we shared a few, uh, oh, shared a few right? mock beverages out but, there. But Shout you out didn't to have the no, no, no enchiladas? No. It, well, do I, let me ask it's, you something. Do they actually sell enchiladas? No. It's the, name of, it, it's, it's the name of the size of the tournament. You know, but... I could walk around to five different campsites and have all you can eat food. It's a big oh, party, cool. dude. It's a, it's big, a big soiree. Tail. It's a big soiree. A, a big fiesta. Basically, it's how long you can go without passing out and how long you can go without right. losing. So it was fun. It was fun. A little hungover, but hey, ready to I'm go. Sure a lot of protein, go. like a lot of opportunities to have some protein. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. All lots right. of steak. Lots of beans. One thing that's pretty cool that I thought, I'm going to say this. One of the things I actually did enjoy from the UTEP game, people were tailgating. And where we park, it's the parking parking garage next right, to the right, right, right. Somebody had like where I come out, somebody was doing like a big tailgate right there in the in the parking lot, right across from that, from the across from the street. And after the game, they're showing the big fight, you know. And they're that <laughs> they, had like a, they, they had the triple G fight going on. And I thought about staying because at that time it was already like ten something. So uh, that was pretty cool. I like the fact that I will say this: people from El Paso, the ones that did show up, people. People tailgated this this week because it was homecoming, but we'll see if that happens in three weeks. Bringing up the discos and the tortillas and everything. But, yeah, I mean, another tough loss. I mean, I, I watched the game Saturday. Obviously, I was listening to the first half of you. We, we played at 830 that night, but I listened to the first half. By the way, our whole campsite was listening to you guys as well. Um, it was kind of what we expected. Um, I think we expected UTEP to have a little bit more offense, um, but – we kind of called this in a sense that we knew that that sincere McCormick kid was good. Uh, we knew that UTSA was going to run a lot of read option. Our linebackers, the, the UTEP linebackers, excuse me, and the defensive line just were not technically sound. It was sloppy on both sides of the Man, ball. You're being nice. I, you're, you're being nice no, no, right now. This isn't nice. This, I'm telling you how it is. It, it, it was ugly. I'm going to tell you exactly ugly. how it, it is. It was, it just, it was how we expected it to go if this improvement wasn't going to be made. And that was our question. Can Dana Demo, would they put this all together? They've had plenty of bad film. Flash is a good film. And once again, it just... It, the discipline on and not just the penalties. I'm talking about the discipline on defense. That's what stood out to me. We've really talked a lot about the offense and the offense was terrible, but we really, the defense to me 
was the most undisciplined, unprepared unit against a pretty simple attack that UTSA was throwing at at the UTEP defense. It wasn't this. difficult to stop that. And we just – there's two main things that, that, that really kill me when I'm looking at it. And, and it's the first thing is the fact that this team did not tackle during fall camp. The angles were terrible. Um, you know, they the didn't pursuit, even tackle during spring camp. I mean, it, it, that right there has it, really set this program and this defense back a few weeks, maybe even a full season, man. Because some of the some of the angles that I'm seeing, where it's you know a simple four or five yard run, there's another one or two, three missed tackles. I think there was a a, a, a missed tackle in the third quarter where the quarterback broke off like. 12 tackles. Uh, Trevor Vitito was counting it out on on, on the stream. Um, you know, those things, that's coaching. By the way, did my man Trevor Vitito, was he able to do the full broadcast without he was. any interruption? He was. Because we that talked about good. that. Yeah. That's what we talked about before the game. That's one of the concerns. Good to know that the he people was. from ESPN Plus got it together for this game. It's only like the fifth game of the year. And and not only, so, I, you know, that was one of my main concerns on, on defense. And the second thing on offense is, what? Does Dana Demo want this hold, offense hold up, to dog. be? Hold up, dog. You know what I mean? Hold what, up, dog. That, 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 that was just – there's no identity. Um, obviously, the people there's, – there's no – there's no – I mean, we we know who should be the quarterback. Or we each have our – yes, we have we our do. separate opinions on it. I think, we do, I think we agree now who should now be the agree. quarterback. We, Here's the thing. Okay, let me let me go. I was very upset. I'm upset. You know, I got to play the Drake stuff today. There's no playing around today, <laughs> you know. Um I was very upset because this team did not look prepared. Right. No, you I can't agree. have UTSA, which, by the way, your favor to win this game. I don't care if it was 1.5 or two points or whatever. You're a favorite to win this game. Yes, UTSA owns you in the Sun Bowl. It's homecoming. You know, you're you're playing with the backup. They're playing with the backup quarterback because the freshman sensation they have was injured. So you already knew you're going to have the backup quarterback. And we knew he couldn't throw. Can't throw. Big boy. He's a he's big, big boy. He's a big man. Man, man, man. He's a <laughs> that's super big. He's a big, he, he's a big fella. You know, the running back you talked about, he was as advertised, very we good. The problem I have is that you talked about the way I was looking at it, because you just told me right now that you're watching the TV broadcast and when they scored with that tremendous and by the way, tremendous touchdown that the quarterback did do it was in the third quarter where he was going out of bounds. And he got it off right on time, and uh, the receiver caught it. And you, you said that I was mad. I was mad because throughout the whole game, I was just thinking, UTIP was playing themselves. Mm -hmm. They basically run the same offense, exactly. literally the same offense. You have the quarterback. That means he's a snap. That means he's going to run. You know, it's kind of like the it's it's kind of like the UTIP offense when Kyle Loxley yeah. is there. You know You're that, right. and that's why I was so upset because I'm like. You see this in practice every single day. So for them to get rolled in the first first quarter, which they did, almost the first half where they just got dominated by UTSA. And I'm like, man, you're, looking, you're making UTSA look like Texas Tech. I mean, how can this team, like, it's I guess they rise up to the level of their competition and be because, you know, you settle down with Texas Tech after the first drive. You settle down with, with uh, Southern Miss after the first drive. But UTSA... You know, you're, you're technically better than UTSA. And I told you last week that I expected UTIP to win because they're better than UTSA. But UTSA went out there and just schooled you, embarrassed you in front of homecoming, in front of everybody. I had relatives came in from San Antonio embarrassed, you know, because they're hardcore minor fans. So this is an embarrassing loss. And I told you last week that this is a money game. And what I mean about money game, we didn't pay UTSA. What I mean is that 
This game was either going to make a lot of money for UTEP. I take it back. This game was either going to make money for UTEP or lose money for UTEP. And they lost, so that means they're going to lose money. So that means I was surprised. I was being generous. I thought there was going to be like maybe eighteen to 20,000 people there if they were lucky because of the rain, things of that nature. They only had 13,000 people show up. That was for homecoming. You know, first game, 35000 Cool, because you're giving away the, the $5 tickets, the hoopla. You win. You get destroyed by tech. Weather, you only get 10 for for Nevada. Wow. Now, you're favored. You lose to UTSA, and you look horrible. Let's like, just call it what it is. I mean, I'm not sure coding it anymore. I'm just telling you what it is because everybody else has been saying it. They look horrible, horrible decisions. You have 13,000 people. You're going to play a FIU team in two weeks in Miami, and let's see how they do there. And then you're going to come back and play Louisiana Tech team. They'll be lucky if they have 10 again. Also, so, North, so you, forgot, you left out North Texas. They play no, no, we, we play, I think we play Louisiana Tech next. But, but after Louisiana Tech, North Texas is, is looming too, but you know, I agree. It's yeah, just, but North Texas is on the road. But I'm talking about like, off home the, games. I'm talking about the home games. Yeah, and, you know, you know and, and to compare, you know, New Mexico State, had twenty three grand or something like that for their homecoming game, you know, and, and so it's, you know, it, it's it's a terrible situation, and I just I want to go back to the point that you made of being lack of this team was just was not prepared, and like you mentioned, it was a simple simple offensive scheme that UTSA was running, um, you know, it was read option quarterback had full control of that RPO, and it really wasn't RPO because they weren't throwing that much, but you know, it just the discipline from the line, we talked about it in. Um, we discussed this in depth when we went about, you know, looking at the linebacker position, and it's getting exposed right now. Uh, you know, J.J. Smith, Joe John Smith, J. John Smith, uh, the JUCO transfer, looks the part. I mean, a freakish athlete, um, you know, but the guy just continues to take terrible angles, and he's not a really good tackler. Um, Sione Tiopu had a good game. I thought he had a really good he, game. He, let me just say, he had, he had probably a, he had a hell of a game. He had a, he had a really good game, but there, but there was times where, you know, he, he was just kind of – it was a product of – you know, somebody else not doing their job, and it fell to him. Early on, Jason Van Hook was taking terrible angles. Van Hook had a decent game towards the end, but, you know, Van Hook and Dylan Parsee, those guys really struggled. You know, they really did, and it was disappointing because those are your veteran guys on defense, and those are the guys that you really need to step up. Um, there's no telling how much this club is missing Kali Griffin out there. Um, there's really, right now, you know, that is, we knew that injury would be big. Now we're starting to see how really, really big it is as far as the defensive side. You know, that that was most disheartening for me was the defense because I really felt that this defense c- could be able to, to trigger in. And we saw Big Denzel make a play a couple times up the middle. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it just, there's no linebacker help, you know, and that's the biggest thing for me is, is I'm looking at these outside linebackers. They're crashing, basically, they're crossing face on that tackle on the read option and they're leaving the whole perimeter wide open for either an outside run from McCormick or Narcisse to do his thing and and that was disheartening because there was no adjustments to that you know that there was no adjustments in that simple coaching to, to be able to prepare your outside backers to basically contain and suck everything inside instead they're getting sucked inside and UTSA's bouncing runs to the outside and, yeah. and, and, and pretty, basically putting us on highlights and, the entire and, and night. here's the stat that makes you sick Rushing yards, UTSA 320. 
passing yards, 46. <laughs> and how, how long was that pass for that that miracle pass? That was a good 25 yards. Yeah, so half, half of that, of that, came, half from of that came from that one play. On a broken play at that. It, really, it was a broken it really, play. It really was. And, and so, so we go to UTEP side, who we knew their, like, their main game is rushing. What well, 99 yards rushing, 99, that's and, it. And that's the most frustrating thing to me because when UTEP ran the ball downhill, and I tweeted this last night, you know, Josh Fields and Trayvon Hughes, that's a very, very nice combo to have in a downhill running utep needs to get away from this all this complex zone zone blocking scheme read option rpo quarterback delay and just go basic run downhill bring brandon jones back into the game as a drop back passer out of the gun or you put him under center put him in an ace formation go i running downhill is this team's strength it's been the strength since week one when Trayvon went off against Houston Baptist. And, and that's the thing with, 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 with Trayvon is that they put him basically like in the Wildcat formation, you know, and it was working, and they've really never done that again. They tried like maybe once against Texas Tech, and they haven't gone back to it. And, and it's and it's I'm looking at the offensive line, and this offensive line is just struggling to block laterally in this zone scheme. It, it's it's frustrating from that point because as a fan, I'm looking at this, and I, I don't know football 100 percent, man. I'm just out here, you know. I'm I'm around football guys a lot, you know. I'm glad to be around Coach Grajava for high school football. It teaches me a lot. Don't talk sports, El Paso. And I'm able to pick up little things like that, and and I'm seeing UTEP strength as an offensive front of being able to just bull over people run over people downhill block you have Trayvon Hughes who that that run in the first half if UTEP wins the game that's a highlight of the year where yep. he's trucking two or three UTSA guys they go away from that you know and not only that but third down and 14 in midfield in a close ball game and you're in a quarterback draw um those are the questionable things where, where you look at what when I asked the question earlier, what does Dana Demo want out of this offense? Because right now I don't know if Dana Demo understands that because obviously his offensive I, I, linemen aren't. Every, well, here's, and here's the thing that makes me upset about the offensive line: this team has started almost every single game. This unit, right. at, been, whereas right. opposed to last year, there were ten different combinations because of injury. They don't have that problem this year and, with and the I, injuries when it comes to that. And, and that's what's most surprising about this. And I'm not sure if it was last show or the show before that, but I called out Mike Simmons, the offensive line coach. And, you know, UTEP has, was blessed with Sean Coogler and with Spencer Leftwich to have really good offensive line play. And those guys were solid and they were sound and our pass pro was great. That's not happening here. We're getting blown off the ball in pass, pass pro. By the time these guys are taking their – second or third step, that defensive lineman, whether it's an end, a three-tech, or a nose, they're already underneath the nose of our guys trying to block. That's, you know, whatever UTEP was trying to do Saturday, it wasn't blocked well, whether it was a, whether it was a quarterback draw, whether it was a read option action. You know, that's really disheartening to the point that you made, Monster, that this is an experienced group. This is a group that's been together for, what, five weeks now. They've gone through camp. We didn't see very many injuries. You, you had the same pretty much the same group with, you know, the only thing that's really kind of changed what they're looking at is that left tackle with Zuri Henry, obviously. Uh, Greg Long's had his struggles. Um, but, you know, really at the end of the day, it's it just very disheartening because to me, there, there's two things and, and, and one on each side of the ball. One, UTEP, it, there's no identity whatsoever for these kids to know what's going on. What do they want to be? And, 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 and then here, on the defensive side, yeah. the, the fact that they didn't tackle and the fact that they didn't tackle and they didn't go full speed in camp is catching up to them now. Yep. And I don't know if they can catch up Monster, and like I point. said, the, the thing that really disappointed me about this defense is they just looked like they weren't prepared at all. 
I don't know if they've already lost these players, you know, because usually when you have a coaching staff and they just, like, lose the players, you know, especially when it's a lame duck uh, coaching staff. This is not the case here. These guys are here for at least another two years yeah. easily, you know, because it's funny. Shout out to my man, Adrian Bratis and Sal, Sal Montes when they're doing minor talk. You have the people call up, oh, let's fire him. It's, it doesn't work. We should bring somebody else better. Well, how do you expect to pay people? I mean, there's nobody in the stands. That's how you, like, fund to get the money for these coaches, you got to actually be able to pay them. But the bottom line for me, the biggest problem I have here on offense is that you this whole experiment of who's going to be the starting quarterback, yeah. it's got to end. Yeah, this really is does. what we this game five already, and you don't know who your starting quarterback is going to be. I mean, you're going to go half while we're in the midpoint of the season, and you're still can't decide who's going to be the regular starting quarterback. And the problem I have here is this is that. Whoever is the starter sucks. And then the backup <laughs> the backup does a great job. So like for, for some reason, like whoever starts the game doesn't have a good game and the backup looks good, but then it's vice versa. So like Brandon Jones doesn't go, do that good when he's starting, but then Kai looks like a stud. So then they give Kai the starting job here. Obviously couldn't get anything going. They they he went with him too long. He should have put him in before before halftime. And even when he did put him in in the third quarter, right away sparked the difference. I think he waited way too long to put Brandon Jones in. But this whole experiment, if you start experimenting, hey, let's put in my man Gavin Hardison who's waiting, just itching. just He wants to get in. Let's see what he can do. I mean, you're already five, six games in. To your point, it, what, what, what kind of puts the icing on the cake on your point is that Dana Demmel mentioned that in the media, that he should have gone with Brandon Jones. And that makes it worse. That makes it worse because normally, you know, Dana Demo has, has done a really good job. Well, what well, we mentioned not, he, not being he, full it, is he should have gone with Brandon Jones sooner, right? Because we both agreed that Kai should have been the starter, right. you know. But 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 what I was basically trying to say is that you know Dana Demo um, doesn't know what's going on with this quarterback situation, you know, and and that's more disheartening than anything is because at this point it just seems like well it, it's it's the flavor of the week. Um, which obviously you go with the hot hand, but to your point, I mean, he's basically saying exactly what you were saying is that it, it's just, you don't know what you're going to get out of this UTEP offense. And it starts with, well, who's going to be the quarterback? You know, I think the prospector before the game tweeted out, Oh, Brandon Jones is starting. And then Every, everybody thought and, Brandon and, 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 Jones and then, and then was starting. And you guys, you know, go on and it's Kai starting. Yeah. And then Dana Dimmel at the end of the game doubles back and is like, well, we should have brought in Brandon Jones. That's an issue, man. That's an issue. You know, I, I think with the downhill running attack um, that UTEP is, is their strength, I think Brandon Jones fits that strength because it's not so much about him running the ball. It's about him being able to turn that second down in six after a run play and maybe completing a pass like he's been doing. I mean, he was 8 of 11 a couple weeks ago. You know, you don't need him to go yeah. off for 250 yards. You just need him to complete the ball, keep the box moving, and put yourself in a manageable and, situation. And he has a good, and he has good uh, connection with Trey Wolf. And, and that's what Brandon Jones brings, and that's what also Gavin Hardison can bring. Because right now, Kyle Loxley, I mean, it, it, the pocket, it just seems like the pocket breaks down quicker than normal. You know, anytime, you know, you, you what, what's the cliche thing as a coach? Three to five seconds, you know, read. Your, read your defense, you know, read the coverage. You know, every time I see Kai drop back, I don't know if it, it, it most of the time last no, game he bailed because of yeah, the pass pressure, yeah, but, but there's I, no pocket presence for I, him I, like I, a Brandon I, I Jones. I don't know what it is. Is it maybe they're, 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 when, when they're the starter, they're trying too hard, and yeah. because they're trying too hard, 
they make these mistakes. You know, may, that might be part it, of it a, as well, a, that they're trying too hard. They're pressing too much to try to keep the job. That's why when the guy that comes from the backup is like, he's kind of more relaxed. And I'll that's why they yes have a game. Because no. like, like I said, like, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like, the starting quarterback doesn't play well, and then the backup does a good job for the exception of the Houston Baptist game. I mean, it is yes and no. It, to me, yes, it is because there is pressure. You know, you don't want to throw that pick. You don't want to go consecutive three and outs. But at the same time, as a quarterback, you know, you got to have a feel of what you want to do on offense and, and the play calling and the rhythm of the play calling and, um, you know, the same formations that we're seeing with the fullback in there and the wing. And, you know, there, there's really no variety of what UTEP's going to do. And their blocking schemes are so complex that everything just breaks down. Um, that's what I'm seeing. And it is part of the pressure. But more for me, it's the lack of identity, um, the lack of identity of how you want to go block somebody. You know, you're going to go zone all day against UTSA. You can't afford to do that with that defensive line that's a very athletic defensive line that if you give them experience defensive and their experience, line too. if you give them space like UTEP was doing with that zone read you know trying to get to the outside that's going to get shut down the guys are going to cross face they're going to shut down gaps and then they're like they made their linebackers look really what good at could too which is something that that was a weakness for UTSA coming into the season so it's a mixture of not knowing who you want to be at your quarterback who who, who who's going to take over the reins at quarterback more than who's going to sit back there and play to what type of offense are you going to run? Because you it, clearly the offense changes when Brandon Jones gets in the game. Yeah. UTEP will still run some variety of the read option. They'll try to get outside, but it is mostly downhill running. And that's really where I feel the strength. I mean, this is what this basically majority of this offensive line was built upon because they were Kugler recruits. Um, you know, so Dana Demo has to take a real long, hard look in the mirror at himself. Him and Mike Canales really, really got to dig deep into what they want to be offensively more than who's the quarterback, more than, uh, you know, how many times are we going to throw it? How many first downs are we going to get? You know, we're, I was talking about the lack of first downs and, and the third down conversions last week. Now it's what do we want to be on offense? If, if, if you're if you're in that offensive uh, meeting room with Dana Demo and the offensive staff, that's really the big question over the next week two weeks until FIU comes and you know for those that don't know UTEP's what 0 and 23 and has one tie so they have you know they haven't lost anytime they go east coast but I mean gosh man it's it's really getting to the point now where now the defense is a big 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 concern and that's and that in the offense was a bigger concern so you know it's it's We've like we said last week. It, you feel like you go in a conference. You go after you go into your bye week two and three, one and one in conference. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You know now with the performance in UTSA, and, and I don't want to hear this. Oh, it was a it was a two score game no, in the fourth no, quarter. No, no, you no, know no, it no. shouldn't have been the way the it, you know UTEP was so predictable on offense. UTSA was just well prepared. That's all that was, man. They were just well prepared because the lack of creativity, um, the lack of execution. But then, but then and what the UTEP same thing happened is once they get on the roll. One of the players will make a stupid penalty and all that momentum. This team is so sensitive when it comes to stuff like that that they almost have to play perfect to win a ball game. So one little penalty, one mistake, one personal foul that cost them 15 yards, and that's what cost them that momentum that they had in the third quarter. Let's end on this because I'll tell you what, UTEP right now, they may be the toughest team after the whistle for all that jawing that they do after getting those penalties. That's on Dana Dimmel. That's allowing that happening during the week, whether it's in well, practice. If I, if I can say something about that, because I saw it. there's some of the things that I get to see because I'm on the sideline, but some stuff I'm not going to report during the game because right. it's I'm not supposed to do stuff like that. When one of the players, which which will go on name, which caused that personal foul, you know that 
caused them that momentum. Like maybe two drives later, well, when UTEP lost that momentum, that to punt, whatever, because once you got the personal foul, instead of starting the 50, you start 35. And then there's another holding. So that's another, there's an offside. So that it like, it like snowballs, snows ball, snowballs, right? So then I see him, he's looking for somebody on the sun. Who's he looking for? Who's he looking for? He went after that player and he told him something. I don't know exactly what he told them, but he probably told him something. I'm very disappointed that you caused that because because of what you did. That probably caused a lot of momentum and stuff like that. So he did hold that young man accountable, which is what a coach should be doing. Right. You know? So I, I did like the fact that he went like and told the young man, hey, you messed up. You cost us a, a huge opportunity, you know, and But it's week five. Yeah. It's week five that that those those are, are, are a team like UTEP can't afford those type of family. Alabama, oh yeah, you know you can afford a fifteen yard. Oh, yeah, because you got you, studs. But uh, you seem like UTEP. You got to play perfect. Don't matter if you're playing UTSA. Don't even matter if you're playing Wattis Tech. You know you got to have that type of discipline if you're going to build this program. And and that's the most disheartening thing. You know we touched on the X's and O's. To me, you know. I don't see the discipline in this program at all. I really don't. And, and, and it reflects on Dana Demo, and it goes back to the Kai Loxie situation. I'm not going to go there, but you, I think if, if you're smart enough to, to kind of see where I'm going, okay, yeah. where, it's a, where it's a full circle of the discipline, well, the penalties, uh, the pre-snap yeah. penalties, you know, yeah. that, well, that, I, I that's would, a reflection on yeah. Dana Demo. And like I said, so from an offensive standpoint, yes, he needs to look in the mirror and figure out what he wants to be, but also from a discipline standpoint – that's really got to tighten yeah. up for this program because I, I, that's no more, that's more embarrassing and disheartening than anything. We're, we're going to move on to basketball. I'm just going to end it like my part. I'm ended like you have a whole week to make adjustments. Two weeks. Two weeks to make adjustments. Throwing Gavin Hardison. Let's see what he can do. Let's just see what that means. There's a, there's Should we a, make shirts? Team, th- team Gavin? There, there, I mean, I can't wear it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you make it, but I can't wear it. Uh, not especially on the plane. I mean, he like it, but everybody else will Ooh, like it. Oh, yeah. You'll but the, the, the thing is, there's a reason why you brought him in. Right. You know, Late. you brought him in. Oh, they brought him in too. There's a you, you brought him in. You know, all of a sudden he's the third because Torres Torres didn't even dress. I'm telling you that. Tor- I, I I have I can't. Yeah. Okay, so on. Torres didn't even dress. So let's just say that he is the third string quarterback now, and he's always he's yeah. he's always ready to. The go. helmet's on. The, the helmet helmet's is been on, on to all the time, game, bro. You know, so I'm just saying that you got two weeks to put something together. Let's see what Hardison can do. Let's go. Let's go on basketball. They got a big game this Saturday, Ooh. Texas Tech. Now, now, now you're happy. Let's go. It's time, man. It's time to finally see all these prize recruits that Rodney Terry brought in. And not only that, we get to see them against an elite opponent this Saturday. Um, let's just put this out here right now. Like, I have no expectations for Saturday. I don't care if they lose by 10. I don't care if they lose by 20. I don't care if they win by 10. I mean, it's going to be nice if they pull something like that. But to me, the fundamentals of this team is going to be really important against a really good ball club. And for me... Seeing them take care of the basketball, seeing them defend well, seeing them rebound, seeing them as simple as it sounds to make some free throws uh, and get to the free throw line. That's what I want to see. You know, I want to see these guys start to build a chemistry. It's not about winning. You know, obviously it's going to be about winning at some point for this program during the season. But right now, this is a very, very good foundation to start uh, with Texas Tech this Saturday. But, you know. Let's look at this team as a whole. I mean, coming off eight wins last year, obviously three and fifteen in conference USA, finished dead last, missed the tournament. Um, I mean, you're returning leading scorers up the street in New Mexico, but yeah, that's but that's it is what it is. It's it is what it is. This is it, this is a total brand new slate. And yes, you have Jordan Lathan returning, another starter. You got Nigel Hawkins, you got Fe Odigi. 
basically your three main starters of last year but this is a new group you know this is a very new group and you know there's depth there's talent there's athleticism um there's guys that can go and score for you i do have a couple questions though you know i i my main question for me is taking care of the basketball Mm -hmm. jordan lathan struggled last year as a freshman you know obviously he's a freshman it's gonna happen um but you know also, also with Nigel Hawkins. Now you brought in the, the Edwards kid, um, not a kid. He's a man. Uh, you know, Daryl Edwards from from Louisiana, uh, from I'm at LSU. Three hundred eighty-five pounds. Yeah, he a man. So you know, those three. That was UTEP's biggest issue last year for me on offense was taking care of the basketball. Too many careless turnovers. Uh, their turnover to assist ratio was terrible. Points off turnovers. It seemed like every night they were getting doubled up in that. You know, that to me is a really really big key for them. If, if they can find some sort of niche with that guard rotation. I could see them playing all three at once, um, you know, maybe not in a starting lineup situation. But, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing. Right. Two, shooting. Um, that It concerns me because right now, as, you know, sitting here before we even see this team lace up, I'm not sure UTEP has that go-to shooter, that guy that's going to hit 30%, 40%. You know, that's kind of, those are my two concerns, and they're both offensively because defensively, I think this team has the horses to defend. FEODG, Bryson Williams, Eric Villa, you know, those are three studs mm-hmm. in the middle that provide, you, you can, each of them can use their fouls and, you know, can't forget um, the, the other uh, 6'11 guy that they had last year um, that was basically, you know, kind of Effie's backup in a sense um his name's slipping my mind right now Iziagu, i believe is, is what's his name is from last year for the the big kid 25 um you know that's another type of demo now with him i'm gonna be interested to see if he gets uh if he gets redshirted Iziagu, Iziagu. because you have a lot of depth there so but either way i mean that's a good third option if you run into foul trouble with bryson with via and with effie you got a fourth option there so there's plenty of depth there on defensively offensively like i said who's gonna be that knockdown shooter who's gonna be somebody that's gonna take care of the ball I'm looking for... Uh, you are basically looking to see who's going to be the man. Who's who, going to be the man? Who's going to be the go-to guy? That's at, what you're looking at, for. At the guard position, because I think we know from the forwards, I mean, Bryson Williams, let's just say this right now, Bryson Williams may be one of the best players at Conference USA, and that's not overselling it, because he was one of the best players in the Mountain West a couple yep, of years ago. Yep, yep. FEODG is a walking double-double. Bryson Williams is a double-double. You know, those two guys are going to get their points. They're going to get. They're going to eat. They're going to make UTEP tough down low. Now, the guy I'm really, really excited about... Um, to really kind of see where his game goes, Anthony Tark, the transfer from uh, NJIT. I really think with his muscle, his athletic ability, and he can shoot it too. I think he, him, along with uh, Nigel Hawkins, along with Jordan Latham, that's a very athletic, very, very good backcourt. And you can't forget the Soli Boom kid um, that went to San Francisco. He could be that big shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he averaged 10.9 games in his last year at San Francisco. So, you know, it, it's more about finding their role and having guys not try to force it, but play inside the role of the offense, you know, Rodney Terry seems yeah. like he's one of those coaches that he's not going to have a system. Um, you know, he's going to have a defensive system. Offensively, it seems like you know it's going to be who you know who's hot. What do they what do they de- what can they develop out of those guards? And that's going to be very very important for UTEP. And not only that, but you do get Caden Archie yeah. in December, which adds to that mix that we mentioned um, already. So you know, there's a lot 
lots of there, excitement. There, 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 and there's like expectations this year there for is. this basketball team. Now, is this game on Saturday versus Texas Tech going to be televised or no? No, it's an exhibition. It's, I, I, don't well, even, I know it's an exhibition, but I don't I'm even just think uh, I don't even think there's going to be radio coverage. Well, what, what about no? It, it is going to be on the radio. Oh, really? It oh, will wow. be on the radio because that's big time. It just it just well, UTEP has a bye week, that's, so that's it why. makes that's football, why. So that's yeah. why. So that's why. So Taish is going to be broadcasting the game along with Steve Yellen. You know the station you can listen to. Uh, but I was just asking, maybe the old show is going to broadcast it out. Nah, it? let me give you two uh, two wild cards. Two players that can you yes. know, that we haven't for mentioned people that want to know like who, who who should I be looking out for at the guard spot Dion Stroud, um, you know this is a guy that you know you look at, at at what he did in high school and you know I've been following basketball recruiting for quite a while now. You see guys like Dion Stroud, uh, Stroud that come in and they're prop forty eight, look like a Julian Washburn, um, all the talent in the world. But, you know, the grade, a lot of schools stay away from your grades in high school. You know, that's just the, the, the dead truth. And that's not a knock on Stroud. That's not a knock on Washburn. It's not knocking anybody. It is what it is. It is what it is. And UTEP, under Tim Floyd, UTEP did a good job of, of identifying these guys. Matt Wilms is one of them as well. Um, Dion is going to be the first Prop 48 guy under Rodney Terry that's going to explode. I don't know if it's going to be this year because the backcourt, like we mentioned, it seems crowded. Um, but Dion Stroud's going to make his name heard before the end of the season. That's a big wild card for me. You know, you talking about a guy that averaged 20 and 10 in high school, a 6'5 guard. Um, you know, I, that to me is, is that says a lot about his talent. He was a three star for ESPN, uh, ESPN. I think everywhere else had him in a three star, but you know, those guys that are have that type of ability but have great problems, they're three stars, but they're four or five star talent. Yeah, and no that's doubt. what Dion Stroud brings. So I'm excited to see how he kind of fits in. I think Rodney Terry it may have him slated up a little bit higher than we probably would. I would think right now he's maybe a fourth option mm -hmm. at guard. But, you know, this guy has the talent to be a starter, to be right there with the Jordan Latham. You know, how his development comes along early on the season will be important. Um, and the other guy that I like out of the backcourt, Eric Villa, man. Eric Villa, this guy is versatile. You know, he can step out and knock it down. He can defend. He can rebound. He has length. He's 6'11". Uh, he played on a winning program last year in the, in the JUCO level, averaged 10 points. Um, you know, also was one of their leading rebounders, I want to say. I think in total rebounds and maybe even rebounding average. Those two guys right there, those, those two can really be big wild cards for this club and really, really take this to another level, which leads to now – our next discussion I want to have, expectations on this team. Yes, what are the expectations um, for this team? My expectations of this team is I don't expect this team to get off to a red-hot start. You know, it'd be nice. The schedule, the way that it's set up early on. You know what, my, I, I don't even have to tell you what, what, what my expectations well, it, are. But let me get, I'll get to my final expectations. I'm going to take you through the Go journey ahead. of a Go college ahead. basketball Go season. Ahead. Early on, I feel this team, they're, they're, there might be a bump in the road. It may be well, New they Mexico. Because they're going to have to, like, find each other, Exactly. You know? New Mexico, New Mexico State, those, are, those could be bump in the road games where it's like, ah, you know what, we were right there. Let's move on. You know, finding that that combination. Maybe maybe it isn't Jordan Lathan that should be running the point. Maybe you move Lathan to the two. You find you're going to find out a lot of stuff early on in the season. So you know, starting off four and two, three and two, three and three. Don't panic, guys. Don't panic. It's a long season where this Very team really needs to hit their stride. Is when they're getting when when they have three basically three games. You know, actually it could be four: Arkansas, Pine Bluff, North Carolina, A and T, and then you got the Sun Bowl tournament coming into town. Um, 
Then you play Houston, Washington in the Diamond Head Classic. So early, you know, you're talking about December. They got to hit their stride middle the, of December. The middle of December is where we'll find the expectations of this club, whether this team is going to be an average, a good team with good players but still needs to build for Conference USA, or is this a team that's, okay, they're sitting here, they've only had two losses, we're in December, now you go on the road to Houston, do something with Houston, and then you go to the Diamond Head Tournament. That stretch right there is going to be very important. And I think that's where the expectations of, of this club will kind of either raise or falter. To me, the big expectation, it doesn't really matter wins and losses from now to December. It's about, what is it? Conference play. Yes. Getting yourself that a- one week where you can put it together because we all know it doesn't matter how good, say whatever the best team at Conference USA, I don't care how good you are. If they don't win that conference uh, tournament, they're not. They're that, that's the only team that's going to get into the basketball to the NCAA tournament. So, so that so that leads into my expectations. I'm not going to throw a win total out there. I'm not. I, I I don't think this program is where it needs to be to be like, oh, this should win 20, 25 games. I'm not going to do that. This team needs to finish top six in conference USA. Yes, regular season. The, now, the bigger expectation, the conference tournament. Obviously, we want them to win. Obviously, it's a First one big round lead. for sure. Second round, I would love to see them get to that semifinal. Yep. you know those are my expectations. A top six so that's finish. A third round, you're talking about third round. I, I'd be happy with that. Third be, round of the conference USA tournament, I'd be very happy. And for me, that's a very realistic outlook for this UTEP basketball. And, team. and I said top six in conference USA, anywhere from one to six, that gives you an opportunity to get to Friday in the Conference USA Tournament. And if you get to Friday, you're giving yourself a chance to get into the big dance. And yep. I think this club has that expectation. Now, the ceiling is very high. If they put this all together, let's just say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving like a, if they gel very if quickly. If they gel very quickly, well, you know what? I mean, the talent, why, talent level and the recruiting of this team, you should be a top four team in Conference USA, and we should be playing Saturday. If I'm in that UTEP locker room, that's what I'm saying. Hey, we should be there. You know, from the outside looking in, we're trying to keep it realistic. We know that it takes time, especially with with the basketball program where you had one returning guy last year and, and Evan Gilliard and everybody else was gone. Yeah. You know, th- you're talking about a, a, a dumpster fire compared to UTEP football, to UTEP basketball. I mean, there was nothing there. There was nothing but an empty locker room and some jerseys in there, you know. So, um it, yeah. it, it's really, really going to, like I said, the expectations for me are, are higher than they've been the past couple of years, but really we're going to find out how good this team is going to be. I think the ex, the real expectations, what I'm trying to say, the real expectations will be sold once that mid-December stretch hits. And because we have been, we kept being told that wait until next year. Well, guess what? It is next year. So now we have expectations. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about this Texas Tech game, like because oh, tickets yeah. and situation like that. So they're taking on Texas Tech. You know they're the runner-ups for the national championship last year. Chris Beard's um, a genius. Yes, and it's this Saturday at the Don Haskins Center. Now the big thing about this is that all the proceeds are going to be donated to the GECU Foundation in support of the victims of the tragedy that happened in El Paso in August. Uh, so the tickets are just ten dollars general admission, and basically it's first come first serve. So if you're a hardcore, you get there early, you get front row. It's simple as that. Tip-off is at 7 p.m., so I think it's a great thing. I mean, it's not that often we get to play the national championship runner-up. And like you said, whether they win or lose or whatever, it's it's a good – It'll be a good measuring stick to see where this team is at. And not only that, but expect a big walk-up crowd. So if you're thinking you're going to just walk in there and buy tickets, no, 
you're gonna have to wait in line for a while. It's so El Paso. They're so gonna they're gonna they're gonna wait. If if you're kind of on the fence about it, you know, there's one in Saragossa right here. There's a little there's a ticket center in Saragossa. Yes, you can is. you can go in there and pick up ten dollar tickets before. I would suggest you pick up tickets before because that walk up line is gonna be ridiculous. Don't forget, there's also a lot of Texas Tech fans out here in West Texas yep. too. So yep. you know, let's let's not let them kind of show us it's, up. It's in not an exhibition. it's not often that they can see their team play for just ten dollars. But yeah, let but I, just say that right I mean, now. I'm really really excited about this program. I mean, it, it, you just you see the improvement, you see the depth there, and uh, you know, obviously, we're gonna have a lot more to talk about yep. next week on UTEP basketball because we're gonna but get you're a excited. whale. You're very excited because basketball is back. Like I said, keep an eye on those wild cards. Keep an eye on this team. There's a lot of different pieces. There's probably guys that we didn't even talk about that can make an impact on this program, and it just it's it's gonna take a while. And when I say a while, I, I'm I'm talking maybe a month or two in the season. I don't think this is a team that you're gonna see in Conference USA still trying to figure themselves out. So excitement, excitement, ball time. But we have minor expectations. Ball. Minor ball's back, baby. Minor ball's back. Basketball looking good. We'll see about football. They have two weeks to fix it. That's going to do it. Is that it? Let's go. Put the minors, bro.